and welcome once again to Life Lessons with an Inebriated Psychic. I will be your guide to all things metaphysical. Today, before doing my podcast, I spent about 30 minutes just doing a basic meditation. I do that every now and then before doing a podcast because sometimes I'm not sure what it is I'm supposed to talk about and I need guidance just like everybody else. So I lay down, started concentrating on my breathing, got into the rhythm of just being in that mindful space, and I got a vision of ancestors. Now, ancestors is not something that I've particularly worked with a lot, but it is something that has kept coming up repeatedly for me during this last summer and it's one of the things that I think I need to do a deeper dive on. Now obviously from my voice you can tell I grew up in England so quite often uh, if you're of English heritage you will have some Celtic traditions and so I was looking into the Celts because what I see when I am meditating and my ancestors come to me is what I would consider the ancient Celts. I am big into fairies. Those kinds of stories have always been in my wheelhouse. They're something that I see as being a part of reality, but in a different way than what movies or books will show you. And so I do have some kinds of natural inclinations towards Celtic mythology and lore but I don't actually know that much about it. Surprising or not, I was not the biggest fan of history growing up in England. Having to list which king and queen and family member was gonna inherit the throne next was really the least exciting and least interesting thing I could possibly do with my day. I was not particularly interested in my first year of high school where my teacher taught us about how roads were made by the Romans when they came and they put layer on layer on layer. That was the most boring class I think I've ever sat through. And yet still it sticks in my mind because it was the most boring class I ever sat through. So it's one of those things that I really haven't done a deep dive on my personal history, my family's history. I don't really know a lot. I do know that my nan um, had red highlights in her hair. I know that I have red highlights in my hair. I know that my son has red highlights in his hair. And generally, you know, we were from a northern part of England, quite close to Scotland. So it wouldn't be unquestionable for us to have been a part Scottish as well. That said, I don't actually know the history any deeper than that, but I think it's a real possibility we have at least some Scottish ancestry. And the Celts, as I did my research after meditating, the Celts, it turns out, were a humongous conglomerate of different tribes. Now, these tribes were in Scotland, Ireland, England, Cornwall. Uh, They were also in a lot of Europe and they were all speaking similar languages which is fascinating. Now the Celts were about 2,000 years ago 
so we're talking you know they were around before Jesus and they did a lot of um, a lot of interesting things in their ways of life so the Celts very much were like one of the largest group of people to inhabit ancient Europe it was basically lots of tribal chiefdoms that shared culture and language and what they had were particular high up druids or druidesses who were the priests and priestesses and these druids were allowed to travel from one Celtic tribe to another passing down histories they were they didn't write anything down the Celts were not known for writing things down everything they did was an oral history so their natural medicines were passed down like I remember being a kid and getting stung by nettles and being told oh you've got to grab this leaf and rub it in and it'll take care of it and we all just did this as a matter of right it was something that was handed down that we were told about and it kept getting passed down generation to generation to generation and you would rub the nettles nettle stings on your legs with one of these leaves and these are the kinds of things that were passed on from tribe to tribe in order to make things better now the interesting thing for me about the Celts is very much that they had so many traditions that today would be kind of looked at and people would go what so with the oral history and the being passed down by the Celtic priests who were called Druids they used to use human and animal sacrifices the women of the culture could literally hold the highest positions in in the social hierarchy in fact women the Druidesses in particular were honored for their political philosophy they were able to prophesize and help with military campaigns they were seen as the ones who would be able to see what was coming and be able to put together the best plan which is absolutely fascinating um, as with most ancient religions there were multiple gods and goddesses I'm not going to even attempt to say any of their names because honestly I would probably butcher it and I really don't want to do that I'm very mindful that if I don't know how to how to properly present something maybe it's not my place to and right now I'm still doing the research on this because it is something that's been resonating with me it is something I've been doing a deeper dive on and I have been having these visits from ancestors of my line now you can call it coincidence but the other day I actually called on my ancestors because I'm feeling a little bit hopeless at the moment and a little bit lost and that happens and so I thought you know what I did a meditation a while ago and these ancestors showed up to show me the family line and how it had changed things and how I had to go all the way back to that moment in order to heal it in order to be able to move on and I thought you know I'm gonna call on them they told me at the end of that meditation to always call on them if I needed help and I just simply said to them I was driving along in my car because my 
my back tire got busted and I had to go get it fixed and I was driving along and I just said I don't know which way I'm supposed to go next if you guys could just help out help a girl out show me the direction I'm supposed to head in next and I t I swear to God not 24 hours later I had a message through Facebook from a friend of mine who I don't really know really well I've met her a few times at some events but I, I don't really know her know her and she had recommended me for a new position and I was I was flattered because I'm like well she doesn't really know me that well so this is kind of cool <laughs> and so I literally said to her yes give the person my number I would love love the opportunity to at least speak to the person and within 24 hours of saying yes to that I now have an appointment next Saturday to go talk to somebody about potentially living my truth and doing what I was put on the earth to do and all I did was ask for help now this particular time of year for the Druids and for all the Celts was absolutely a time of year that is to be honored it is an extremely important time of year for them this time of year was the end of the year November the 1st was the beginning it was the new year and so there were a lot of celebrations held and a lot of traditions at this time of year so Samhain is actually a Celtic tradition and Samhain is the original Halloween I know we went over some of this last year, but it's always a good reminder and I did do a deeper dive, so hold on to your hats. So part of the Celtic traditions for Samhain were to have bonfires. And at these bonfires, they would lay out food for their loved ones who had passed away so that they could come and visit. They would wear costumes in order to ward off ghosts and evil spirits that they felt this was the time of year where the veil thinned enough that they could come visit but they didn't want evil ghosts and goblins to come visit them so they would wear masks so that anything evil couldn't recognize them or wouldn't realize that they were of the living and would just leave them alone so all of these very interesting superstitions that we have taken in and made our own as as we have evolved is just fascinating so November the 1st was the first day of the new year and of course that made October the end of summer it was a time where the dark cold winter was approaching it was a time when a lot of humans would pass away because there was no food or no shelter or it was just too cold for them the weather conditions would create problems like you couldn't necessarily find animals in order to go and hunt all the crops were frozen so you had to have done your harvest and you had to have made sure that you had enough until the following spring so when they believed that the boundaries between the wills thinned and were lessened it was a time to really connect with the other side there was a lot of divination practices done during all hallows eve and those included 
most importantly it seems, matchmaking kind of rituals and trying to figure out who you would end up married to, particularly for young women. So there were a couple of ways to do this and I remember doing this as a kid. I remember this one. You peel an apple as much as you possibly can all in one. And when you have done so, you threw it over your shoulder and whatever letter it made when it fell to the ground would be the letter of the first name of the man you would marry. Now I did this when I was a little kid and I know I got a D and I happen to be married to a man whose first name is D which blows my mind. It's not something that I particularly thought about over the years. In fact, didn't even remember until I was reading this up on the internet and I was like, oh my God, coincidence? I think not. So that was interesting. They used to do a lot of divination between, between them though. They would try and read each other's fortunes and this came from using nuts um, and how they fell and of course, you know, they, they had their own little metaphysical practices that had been passed down. And so it's just absolutely fascinating. They would throw nuts into the, into a fire um, that represented different suitors. And the, depending on which tribe you were in, either the one that was turned to ash first or the last one standing was the one you were going to end up married to. But even that was different between the tribes, which is just, you know, curious. Um, they used to make predictions for the world and put together prophecies and part of the reason they would do that is if you are going into winter when a lot of people generally tend to die and it's a time of darkness and it's a time of a very harsh winter so to speak what they do when they pull up these prophecies and they say oh yeah well next year you're gonna get married or you're gonna have babies or you're gonna do this or you're gonna do that it gives people hope to keep fighting and to keep going and this belief system of oh well I have a future is quite often enough to keep people going and so it's instrumental in getting people through a bad time now if you think about today when people come and get a reading quite often they're going through something that's really hard in their life and they're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel what they want to know is this is going to turn out okay more than anything else that's what I get when people come to see me if they want to get a reading about somebody who's passed over what they want to know is that person is okay on the other side we have been told so many horror stories about what happens when you die about going to hell and about you know burning fire pits none of that for me is a reality I do believe that we kind of experience what our belief system is so I can't say it's not true for anyone I can tell you it's never going to be true for me because I don't put any value in that but for a long time the stories of what happens when you die were very much to control your behavior whilst you're still alive which is highly ironic considering a lot of the religions and the wars that they have gone through claiming theirs is better than everybody else's when let's face it the best thing you could do is just love one another so it's actually quite 
quite interesting. Um, the Druids very much on the last day of the year would make a big ceremony about the building of the bonfires, burning of additional crops and animals as sacrifices. And depending on what you were calling on, depended on which deity you were making the sacrifice for. Um, the Celts' costumes generally tended to be made up of animal heads and skins. And they would take after the bonfire was over. So the bonfire has gone down, but there's still embers left. And they would each take a little bit of these embers to their home, put it in the hearth, so that the protection of this sacred bonfire would be taken into their home and protect them from the winter. And that's how they would light their fire in their homes. Now, originally, for me, anyways, bonfires were November the 5th, which is, you know, Guy Fawkes Day in England. So it's quite an interesting thing to see how the traditions kind of came and changed. And yes, I know Guy Fawkes was a totally separate thing, but we started doing the bonfires on November the 5th instead of Halloween. And yet, appropriately, it should absolutely have been on Halloween. So, fascinating. These things, these histories, are so interesting to actually do a deep dive. If you wanted to do your own ritual based on these at home, one of my simplest suggestions would be to have a family dinner and make sure you lay place, like leave empty places, for your deceased people, you set the table for them. Um, they used to put food outside on the doorstep and little treats on the doorstep for the spirits that would come visiting, hence trick or treating. They used to leave candles in order to light the way for the dead to come visit them, hence jack-o'-lanterns being at the side of the streets so that people first of all the jack-o'-lanterns scary faces in order to protect you from evil but the light in order to welcome in the spirits that you wanted to visit so there are all these amazing tra traditions that we can utilize today and of course there's a really fun um a little fun thing that you can do it's called scrying so you get a mirror and you're in a dark room and you have candlelight in front of you and when you look into the mirror look above your shoulder and just sit there and stare above your shoulder for a while and a face should come now if you're young and looking for love it could be the face of a loved one or you can just say I want to see whichever departed loved one you want to see and then just sit there and stare at this mirror just above your shoulder and that loved one should come visit you these are some of the traditions that they used to use way back when and having done some scrying myself i can tell you it's quite helpful um so yeah so that's really what i kind of found out about the celts and it was absolutely fascinating i do want to do a deeper dive on the on the 
religion and spiritual life of the Celts, but this was just day one on my on my dive. So I really appreciate you all listening and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Stay safe and if I don't speak to you before, have a very wicked Halloween. Happy Samhain. <laughs>